as a kid, when you went to, say, get a checkup, were you, like, fascinated with the physician? <laughs> no. <laughs> when I was a kid, the, my pediatrician was my father's pediatrician, who was actually, like, a completely wonderful man, but he was older, and so he was just a very, like, proper, dressed man, and we were terrified of him. It wasn't like, hi, little boy, how are you? It was like, Christopher, it's, come on back, you know? And I was like, ah, you know? So I was really sort of terrified of my pediatrician and um, I was not inspired by him. I was scared. <laughs> but I mentioned to you that like some of my friends at McDonough, their parents were physicians. And by the time I was in high school, you know, you, you're, you're, you're learning a lot. You can ask them questions and some of them might take you to, you know, took me to work with them, things like that, that gave me an exposure, just a little taste that inspired me to keep going. Welcome to the St. James Academy podcast, commemorating the 200th anniversary of the founding of St. James Academy. In this episode, the Student Council interviewed Dr. Chris Grinewalt. Raised in Baltimore County, Dr. Grinewalt graduated from St. James in 1985, eventually attending Wake Forest for medical school, and is now working as the Vice Chief of Staff at GBMC. He was very generous with his time and gave the Student Council a wonderful glimpse into how long the friendships formed at St. James can last, as well as some timely advice on picking which high school to attend. Stay tuned after the interview to hear how you can get involved with the 1821 St. James Academy commemoration. You were an SJA alumni. Could you tell us about the um, friendships you still have from SJA? I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but I graduated from St. James from sixth grade. It only went to sixth grade back then. But it was in 1985, so that makes me older than I want to admit. However, I was there between 1979 and 1985, and I made lifelong friendships. Um, the classes were pretty small back then, so we really only had like 10 or 12, 10 to 12 kids that went through with us. And I still pretty much know the whereabouts of most all of them. Um, there's sort of a core of us that still keep in touch pretty regularly. Um, there was a group of, there was a, a brother and sister twins that were in my class, Chris and Carly Fortune, another friend of ours named Julia Phillips. And all of us are still local, uh, at least in the greater Baltimore area. And the four of us keep up together quite a bit. Um, fast forward into modern day times, we even have a little um, like text chain. So if one of them thinks something is funny or whatever, they still send it our way. And uh, we still joke around like we did when we were kids, even though we are not children anymore. But I, I made fabulous friends at St. James and um, I'm very grateful for them to this day and my teachers. Um, do you have a favorite memory about St. James? Gosh, let's see. That's a tough one. There were some really good ones. Um, I think, I think my probably my favorite memory was our our at the end of St. James back way back when. I think they still do this, but we used to take a class trip to a place on the on the shore called Echo Hill. Yes, and it was sort of the last hurrah for us as friends before we went on to our new schools. And that trip, which was uh, maybe like five or six days down at Echo Hill, was really fun and a great way to be away from school. We loved our school, but we got to be away and, and together and doing things on the water and playing games and 
walking through a swamp and all kinds of fun things. And that sort of cemented in my mind as one of my very favorite things I did there. We did that in sixth grade as well. And that was one of, that's one of my best memories. That's the, like, that was the most fun thing we've ever done. First, Did you walk, did you walk through that swamp? We did. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. See, I remember. I mean, it doesn't, you're going to remember that in 35 years. (laughs) What's another thing about SGA that makes you smile? Well, my friends, my friends, first and foremost, but I already talked about them a little bit, but I mean, you can see the smile on my face. I, I still, those kids, we were six years old together and they were at my 40th birthday party a few years ago. Like we still have that little spark when we're together. And so that's my favorite thing. But besides that, it was, I just think that that atmosphere of that amazing little school that's in that beautiful setting in Moncton and just being there and enjoying the 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 experience is just still very uh, very very dear to me. And um, I don't know if you can think back to um, this, <laughs> but um, when you were still at SJA, what did you think you were going to do in the future? Oh, that's a great question. So I always I always used to tell people I was going to be a pediatrician, and when I was that young, I. I, I definitely wanted, I wanted to investigate being in medicine, being a doctor, but my parents weren't doctors. My father was a businessman and had his own company. And my mom had worked in the labs at a different hospital in Towson. And um, so she was sort of medical, but she had, she was raising us kids by then. But I had it in my head that I wanted to kind of pursue medicine. But at the same time, I also used to think I wanted to be a businessman like my dad's. So that, that was what was in my head during those years. And after St. James, I went to McDonough for grades 7 through 12. And a lot of my friends there had parents who were physicians in in Baltimore and the local area. And they helped influence me a little bit further so that by the time I got to college, I had a little bit better idea about what being a doctor was. Um, And it helped guide me to choose things in college to steer me that way. So could you comment on what St. James means to the greater community? Sure. Um, I think that St. James is an incredible resource for the community where young students, young minds can come to a school and be safe and make friends and get an excellent foundational education for the next phases of their lives. Um, it's invaluable if you think about it. You know, if you love your school and you enjoy going there, you're going to get so much more out of it. And I think that St. James fosters that environment for children. You know, it's been a very long time since I've been there. However, my father is still active with the board there, and I've stayed in touch enough that I know that that school is still providing that same wonderful environment, but in a more modern setting. And, and so it's, it's a very important resource for the community. Definitely. Uh, you said you went to McDonough. Did you go to McDonough right out of sixth grade or just for high school? No, nope, right out of sixth grade. So that was the, you know, I had the summertime and then I went to seventh grade, first day at McDonough school. How do you think the switch from SJ to McDonough worked out? Like what did SJ do to prepare? Yeah, that's a really good question. So remember, this was a really long time ago. And 
so back then you didn't have the internet and you didn't, um, you know, you didn't necessarily know kids that went to other schools because you just knew your classmates or, you know, or maybe kids that went to your club or something or your neighborhood. And so it was different. So I think it was a little scarier. Um, McDonough was a much bigger school than St. James. I had a class of like, I think 11 kids that graduated with me. And um, when I went to McDonough, my class was a hundred it was about a hundred kids, I think, by that time. So it was, you know, ten times the size. So that part I remember being intimidating for me. But I'll go back to what I said before. You know, St. James had been. I learned how to be a good reader, how to write properly, how to focus on things. And I was a kid who could be a little distracted at times. But my teachers at St. James helped me to kind of stay on it. And then, and I'd get in trouble when I didn't. And that helped prepare me for McDonough. Um, I won't, I won't lie to you. It was, a, it was a tough change. It was just a much bigger school. And it was a school that I think had more expectation for this, for the students than maybe what I had been used to at St. James during, but at a very different time with St. James history. But uh, overall, I felt very well prepared. And so um, I came from Hereford Middle School and it was like much, much bigger. So yeah. do you think you liked the upgrade in class size or you think you'd rather stick with the smaller class size? Oh, wow. That's interesting. So you're new this year at St. James, right? Yeah. Um, well, let me ask you first. What do you think? How do you, how do you like it? Um, I actually like the smaller class size because you get to know kids much better, even though it's COVID, but you still get to know them uh, like each individual person much better than I did at Hereford. Got it. So I, I liked both. Um, I think it was at McDonough when I got there, they had us broken into sections. There were six there. Were, the seventh grade was divided into, sorry, five sections, seven, one, seven, two, seven, three, seven, four, and seven, five. And it was based on your academic ability and you based. So it wasn't necessarily totally different than St. James because I was in 7-2, which was sort of the second tier, and it was like 20 of us, and we did all the classes together. And so I did meet the other kids in the other sections, but not as much. So maybe that was more like Hereford Middle for you. Um, so it was sort of a transition for me to go from St. James, which is just really small, to bigger class size. And it was a good way, I, and, and I liked it both ways, to be honest with you. I, I think there are advantages to both. But I will tell you, thinking a little bit further than that. I was the kind of kid and even a student, by the time I was graduating high school, I didn't want to go to a university where there was like 10,000 students. I needed, I still had in my head um, that smaller class size, you know, knowing my professors and knowing the other students was, was sort of the experience that I wanted and that I thought would be the best learning environment for me. So when I came to college, I went to Wake Forest, which yes, yes, was it bigger than McDonough? Sure, but it was still a smaller sized university where I still could kind of thrive as an individual and know a lot of people. And the reason that I said I liked um, St. James's class size better was because I previously went to Carroll Manor, which was a very small school as well, like 15 kids in each class. I was just much more used to it. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of COVID, how has that affected your job and how has your learning at St. James affected your job? Wow. Well, those are two big questions. Um, I'll start with the first one. So I'll, let me tell you a little bit about what I do. Um, 
I'm, a, I'm obviously I'm a physician. I know you know that, but I trained in general internal medicine. So I'm an adult. I'm an adult physician first and foremost. And then I specialize in the care of patients that need to be in the hospital. Not, not like when you go to your doctor because you have a cold or I don't do that. I take care of people when they're really sick, you know, they have a heart attack, they have a stroke, they have a bad complication of a diabetes or an infection, and they actually have to come into the hospital and be admitted and be there for you know several days to a week at a time. I'm the kind of physician that takes care of that person. So, and I and I, I run a very large group of doctors at GBMC at my hospital. Um, and so, because we take care of kind of the sickest patients in the hospital, COVID really brought a lot of change very rapidly to my job. Um, we still had the regular people coming in with you know, heart attacks and strokes, but all of a sudden we had to be extra prepared and have emergency plans uh, so that we could take care of COVID patients safely while caring for other patients at the same time. And you'll see that I'm wearing scrubs tonight and um, that's really not usually what I wear. Usually at work, I would wear like a shirt and tie and you know, have a white coat on and I would you know, have, have that sort of appearance when I would see my patients. But with COVID and having to wear the PPE, the, protect, the protective equipment all the time, we had to kind of revert back to scrubs, which can be cleaned very rapidly and daily and you can trade them out, et cetera. So um, the, 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 the nature of my practice was the same. I, I still rounded on patients all the time, every day, but I was seeing a mix of people that had just typical medical things and then COVID as well. And so you had to be really on top of things to remember that you were donning or putting on the gowns and the equipment. If you had to wear a shield, all you had to don all of that stuff properly. And then when you, after you finished seeing a patient with COVID, you would have to take it off in a very prescribed manner. The gown comes off first with the gloves, with your face shield and mask still on. And then you have to step outside the room and wash your hands, put on a new set of gloves, take off your mask, and then use a special wipe to wipe the inside of it first, the outside of it second, put it aside, take off your mask. I, I know I'm, I don't wanna go on and on, but you can see what I'm saying, that we had to really be very mindful of every single step of seeing someone with COVID to make sure that we took care of that patient, but then protected ourselves and other patients from the disease. So it was really, really game-changing with my job. Um, I think you asked me another question too, and, and, and you may want to clarify it for me. I think you said, what, what was my learning at St. James or what, how did that affect my uh, job? Is that correct? Yeah. How did your learning at St. James affect your job at GBMC? Great question. I think the things that I learned at GB, uh, sorry, at St. James that stay with me are, are, are really foundational things, things about my character. For, for instance, at St. James, I don't know if they still have this on the, as the motto or one of the mottos of the school, but it was the truth shall make you free. Um, that always resonated with me and stuck with me. And, and, I, and I don't think there's much truer in life. If you, you stick to the truth, you stick to what you are grounded in, your morals, your faith, um, your desire to learn, it will, it will guide you through life. And so those are some basic tenets that I learned at St. James, you know, aside from reading, writing, and arithmetic, which by the way, was all on paper back then. But um, <laughs> I, I took that, those basic skills, um, discipline to do my work, um, a, a need to follow through and execute tasks that were assigned to me, those sort of foundational skills at St. James, 
as well as to stick to my morals and values are what I bring with me every day to my job and truthfully help guide me through. Um, who was your favorite teacher at SJA? Oh, that's really tough. Mm, there was, there were a lot. Um, I think my very favorite was, was probably Mrs. Crawford. She was my sixth grade teacher and she's still around. She's my Facebook friend, by the way. <laughs> and she, she, um, Mrs. Crawford kind of set the bar in sixth grade. You're 11 years old. And you turned, I turned 12 in the spring of that year before I graduated. And she had higher expectations for the things that we would be learning and reading and thinking and discussing and also higher expectations for behavior. Um, you know, she was the kind of person that said, look, you know, you're going to a big new school next year. You need to get your act together. And, and uh, you know, it, it, that, that was a really good teacher. She, she taught us lessons. Um, she exposed us to things that she was interested in, but she also had an expectation for, for how we should be and what, what, what she wanted for us to become. And there was a lot of value in that. We've been like, so this is last week was the week where all of us found out if we like gotten accepted to all of our schools, which was really exciting. And yeah. I think most, I think there was only like one school that some people didn't get accepted to. And I think it was McDonough because that's a hard school to get accepted to. But all the other ones, I think most everyone got accepted to, which was really good. And so we've been doing all, since it's COVID, we've been doing like Zoom celebrations or Zoom trivia or Zoom this or like drive-throughs. Like today after school, I just went to a Roland Park drive-thru and they're all cheering and saying welcome and all this stuff and giving us little things with COVID precautions. And it's, I think it's hard to, um, uh, decide with um, without actually being able to shadow like we usually would. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's been a little hard. But so hey, Sam, have you have you been able to like go at least like with your parents and drive on the campuses and just take a look and get a feel for it? Actually, they've been doing. They actually recently started doing um, COVID restricted tours. So I've done a couple of those. And also we have driven through the campus. Like um, like one of the students from the school would take you through the school, show you the buildings. And um, it's not the same as shadowing, but it's the best we can get with the COVID now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So grateful for that. That's exciting. I, I remember doing that also and looking at probably four schools before I made my final choice. And it was, it was really exciting. Yeah. So have you, uh, you said you've been like keeping up with the SJA everything. So have you, what do you think you've seen the most change in until now for the good? Well, that's, that's, it is, it's a great question. I think almost all the change I've seen, I don't know of any bad change because I'm not really a part of it, but what I have seen first and foremost, is the size of the school um physically the buildings okay so when i went there mcdonald hall we called it the big hall it, that's what it was called back then and that was where we had all of our assemblies everything gym was in there everything and then when you went out the two doors into where the entrance to the school was you could go down or up 
and there's still stairs there, but it was a different layout. But the, the basically the school is very small. It was only Mrs. Fowler could tell them where it stopped, but it's basically where the entrance is now. Um, that's, that was all new in the, in the late eighties, I believe. And so none of that was there. That was all a field where we played soccer. So mm -hmm. the buildings, you know, that whole new building and then the gymnasium, which is incredible. Um, there's a little chapel room that's in there. there I think you all have a science area now that, that none of that was there. So it's just physically so much different than when I was there. And then most notably, I mentioned, I think it was in the 90s, they added seventh and eighth grade. And that added a whole different, a whole bunch of more students. It's just a much bigger school. And so I think that's great. I think it's a wonderful thing. Looks, It looks like it's been a great success. Yeah, I've seen it once, I think, either like in sixth or seventh grade, one of our teachers just took, um, when we were walking through the building, they were showing us what parts of the school weren't there yet and when they were built and like all the different things and telling us how much um, smaller all the classes were and everything like that. Yeah, it was really small, but but we loved it just the same. Do you think your experience at St. James would be any different uh, with COVID besides like the precautions? You mean if I had been a student? Yeah. I mean, back then, you know, there was no, that we didn't face a pandemic as, as children. And so we were right on top of each other in school all day long, but you know, much the way you guys were up until last year. Um, so I think it would have probably had a similar effect. I do think back then, I mean, it wasn't like it was prehistoric, but we didn't have, I think you didn't have, you know, the same techniques in virology, like, the fact that we've been able to have the vaccine pop up within a year is incredible. Back then, I don't think that would have happened. So we may have been looking at a whole different kind of isolation um, or, or not. I don't know. It's a really good question, something to, to wonder about because it was a very different era. Um, do you have any advice for like the people that are going into high school and helping find what high school will fit them best? Uh, that's another really good one. Try to remember that you're picking a place where you're, other than your own home, it's where you're going to spend the bulk of your time. And so try to find out what makes you happy, where you feel, even though you don't know it that way, where you feel like you belong, and where perhaps you think that the, the students make you feel welcome and, and, and launch you there, um, which is also challenging during COVID. Most all this, Baltimore is very lucky. We have very good schools, both private and public. So it's my estimation that you're going to get a good education wherever you go. But um, try to find a place that really feels right to you. That feels like the way St. James does to you. Um, for me, when I was that age, I just, I always, I just felt like McDonough School was, was where I wanted to be. I loved the campus. I just wanted to be there. And for my parents, you know, we, my parents still live in the house I grew up in, which happens to be all of like a mile and a half away from St. James. So it's way out there in Moncton. And I went to McDonough school. So that was like 25 miles one way. And I still, my parents gave me the luxury of choosing where I felt I belonged. Now I had to, they told me, you know, you screw up, we're pulling you out, but I didn't. And um, so I chose where I thought I was going to do well and I was right. And I stuck to that. And that's the advice I'd give you all. 
And do you think that your friendships influenced where you went? No, that's a super good question. And I actually meant to touch on that, but it's it slipped my mind. Uh, the answer is no, it didn't. Um, most of the, again, a little bit different environment back then. Uh, quite a few of the kids in my class went from St. James to Hereford Middle School, um, which was brand new at the time. And um, I lived, we lived, my parents lived, we lived in Falston at that, when I was actually at St. James, and I would have gone to Hartford County Schools. And I just, my older sister had gone to St. Paul's, and so she was already going to school in town. And I had older friends that went to McDonough, and I had been there a couple times, and I just loved it. So it was really the pull of McDonough that was interested, interesting to me. I was the only student from my class that went to McDonough. And until my brother, uh, two years later, came with a girl named Allison Simons, we were the only St. James kids at McDonough School. So, no, it wasn't based on friendships. And I still would probably, I, I don't, not probably, I would tell you all, again, to stick to your own guns. Don't go somewhere because your friends are going there. That's my advice. Yeah, I agree. None of my friends are going to, um, I'm going to Calvert Hall, and most of my friends are going to Gilman or um, Loyola or St. Paul's. And yeah, I don't think it matters what you're going to make new friends in high school. And I'm still going to be friends with my old friends. So, you know, it all works out. And Eric, by the way, congratulations on uh, Coward Hall. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Do all of you already know where you're going or you're making choices? I think I heard you say by next week. Is that right? Yeah, I haven't chose yet. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not, I'm not asking. I just I'm want down to four options. <laughs> Also, I was told that you just bought a a private school as a house. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow, you guys really know all about me. that is interesting. Background about everyone, so that was pretty interesting to me. What, what's what? Oh my gosh! I wish I could. I wish I had known you were going to ask that. So, so the answer is yes. The, the hat, so I live in Ruxton, which you may or may not know. It's it's sort of right near GBMC and kind of west of Towson. And I've been looking, I lived in the city for many years and I moved, I wanted to be closer to work. I have a lot more responsibility at the hospital and I needed to, I needed a new home. Um, and right now the housing market is tough. There's just, everybody wants a house now and they go fast. So this house came on the market and I saw it and I just had to see it. Um, as you can see above me, there's a lot of woodwork and things, and it, it has it's a craftsman house. But originally, it was built in 1910 by a woman who came here from Austria, and she had a little teeny school for Ruxton children called the Fraulein School. And it was later changed in the 1930s because of anti-German sentiment, because of the war, et cetera, was coming. And um, it was changed to the Bluebird School. And so... Many, many, it's, it wasn't, it's not a big place. It was, it was a small school, even smaller than St. James, but it thrived as a school through many decades. So the, the, the long and short of it was, it became, I think by the, by the, by the eighties, they had renamed it the Ruxton Country School and, but it was still here on the same property and the house, they, they decided to move the school in 1992, I think, and they moved over to a location in Garrison. And then the people that I bought this house from, they bought it in 1992, and they completely rehabbed it back into a residence. I mean, it never looked like a school. Well, I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. But there's a couple of additions and stuff. And now, now it's a house. But it still has this awesome heritage. 
And there's these archives that they left. The people that I bought it from actually got to meet and talk to them. And they were really lovely. They were actually both teachers at the park school. And they were very interesting. And the husband, it had been his passion to restore this house, but preserve the history of the school. And they left us all these archives. So I don't know if you guys can see this. Mm -hmm. but this, this says, this is preschool with Mrs. W.R. Everton, the Bluebird School, Ruxton, Maryland. And it's 1931 and 1932. And it was her daily notes. And this woman wrote every single day what the kids were doing. It says what their names are and who was bad and who was good and what they talked about and if there was snow. And it's interesting because the calendar year of, of I guess, 1932 matches the days in 2021. And so I can read this like a daily journal. And there's photographs and all kinds of stuff. And I, I like history and things like this. So it's just been incredible living here. I don't have a lot of stuff out here yet, but um, I do have the art. That sounds really cool. That is awesome. It is. I mean, I have the old flyers. We have the the names of the students. And I can't tell you, you know, Ruxton is a very close-knit community and people walk by all the time and they're like, oh, my brother went there in 1968 and blah, blah, blah. And it's just been really fun. I know you stayed until sixth grade, but what grade did you come to SJA in? Sure. I came in first grade. And so back then the school actually had a kindergarten and the teacher was Mrs. Ober right before Mrs. Fowler. So my class started with Mrs. Ober in 1978, but I went to a little school way off Manor Road called Trinity Nursery School. And um, it's, I don't know what you call that, Glen Arm maybe. <laughs> um, so I went there for, you know, three years old, four years old in kindergarten. And then, so I came to St. James first grade through sixth grade. So I was like the new kid in the class in first grade. <laughs> With after school sports, like, and like extracurricular activities, what uh, would you say was your favorite to do back when you were at St. James? Well, this is a very interesting question. So again, I'm going to like shift the gear a little bit, just so it back then the school really had very limited resources so it was pretty much a school and that was it we had gym class once a week um and it was i think usually on fridays but i think it depended on what class you were in and there was we had a wonderful wonderful gym teacher named mr ebbs he was a german guy that loved calisthenics and things like that we did a lot of gymnastics and um, dodgeball and things like that, but it was only once a week. And the point is, is really once you finished your school day, your mom, your carpool came and picked you up and you went home. So sports back then, you were going to be in a rec league or something like that. It wasn't through St. James. We did not have official athletics really at that time. So when I was a student, I, I swam with a club team. Um, I played a little bit of lacrosse and I was a Cub Scout. And back on the note with friends, um, did, since there wasn't like any social media or any texting or things like that, did you like how did you like get in touch with friends like outside of school? I can tell you. So every year the school would put out this a directory, you know, kind of kind of a book like this. It wasn't even this thick, and it just had the student's name. The, the address and the parents' names and the phone number. And that was it. So if you wanted to talk to your friends, you picked up the phone and you would, you know, push button the phone or some of us even had, still had rotary phones back then. And you know, hello, may I speak to Chris? You know, you do that. And a lot of times in the summers, you didn't, you didn't see your friends because like, 
you know, you couldn't just pop on Facebook and see what they're doing or, you know, whatever it may be. You, you either, you know, a lot of times, like from my family, we were in Falston swim team. So we did that all summer and we went to the beach and you kind of didn't see your friends that much in the summer. And then you come back to school and have this great, you know, coming back, coming together again, which was always really fun. What would you say is your favorite book? Favorite book, like of all time or like when I was a kid? Let's go with when you were a kid. Well, gosh, when I was a little kid, I remember reading like Hardy Boys novel, which was, that was like, a, like the, there were these brothers that were detectives. I would read all that stuff. And we would have reading lists before St. James. And there were, I think there was one James and the Giant Peach. I liked that. We used to, The, the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, mm-hmm. We used to read those um, in class. I loved those. This is where my memory sort of failing me. Some of the things that I loved to read back then. Now I just read boring medical journals. <laughs> I don't know if I have an all-time favorite book, but stay, try to stay reading because we live in an age now where we're just inundated with electronic images and like everything is just about images and looking at screens. And I think like there's just something very personal and wonderful about reading a book by yourself and imagining the story and the characters yourself in your head. So I, it sounds like you all are readers and that's great. Back then, um, did they have talent shows? We did. We did. Um, it wasn't anything fancy. It was actually part of the assembly. As I, if I remember correctly, I remember playing piano for the whole school one time and I actually made a mistake, but <laughs> I got stuck, but I, I made it through eventually. But um, yeah, we did. We did have some. Ta- you would have like, like I think within your own class, we had some talent stuff. But then you'd have like a school talent show at times, and of course, Halloween was a big deal. Like you would come in dressed in your costume, and you know, all, and then we'd have an assembly in the big hall or McDonald Hall, and all the kids would come in, and it was really that, that was fun. Yeah, that's one thing that I really like about St. James is all the. Like, I mean, I've just heard it from other people that, like, for the Halloween stuff, because, like, at Hereford, it, uh, for Halloween, like, you didn't do anything, and there, it, so it was just, like, a normal day. Oh, well, in St. James, they kind of let it be a little bit special. Do you guys still do Grandparents' Day? <laughs> we do do that. We do, like... Grandparents' Day bingo with all our different teachers. We had singing things. Me and Spencer actually are were before COVID. It's this forte group, so we like sung different songs for all the grandparents. And I remember my Mimi came, and um, my grandpa and my brother and I would like switch back and forth. So that's like a fun day, especially for all the little kids doing activities because I remember they always were excited yeah oh that's really fun yeah I remember when my grandfather came when we had it in elementary school and he he's kind of like the funny guy and the jokester and he would just make everyone laugh and it was kind of fun yeah he'd also been to the school so he knew like all the little places that the teachers didn't know about well, I don't have any questions left, but I just like to thank you for coming on the Zoom and um, letting us interview us or you. Sorry, and thank you.
Yeah, no, I, you're very welcome. And I want to tell each of you that I'm, first of all, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun talking about, you know, old times with you and I'm impressed by all of you. I think you all have, a, you're all composed and asked great questions and were interested and I'm impressed. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of St. James and I think I'm, you know, I'm proud of all of you. So it was really fun. Thanks for asking me to do this. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast commemorating the 200th anniversary of the founding of St. James Academy. To learn more about St. James Academy, you can visit our website at stjamesacademy.org. And that saint is spelled out S-A-I-N-T. Or you can email us at info at stjamesacademy.org.